Welcome back to Enlighten Up for episode 43, visiting past lives, future lives, and galactic lives through hypnotherapy with Nori Love. Today, Nori is going to give us a ton of information on a lot of her experience with hypnotizing uh, clients who've been able to heal many things in their current life through visiting their past lives, doing past life regression. But recently, more of a trend has happened into future life progression where people are going into their future to take on a frequency of their future self and bring that into their current life. And there have been some cases where people have actually gone into their galactic lives. So all of that's coming up in this episode and we're going to talk about all of that as well as the power of suggestion on our mind. Can people walk in during hypnosis? If you don't know what a walk-in is, you're going to find out today. And we're also going to talk about the power of believing and how that can shift your reality and how you manifest. All of this coming up today in episode 43. So let's jump right in and hear what Nori has to share with us. Welcome back to Enlighten Up, everyone. Uh, I am Nicole Frolic, one of your co-hosts, and today you have Lisa and Brian joining the conversation. We do not have Michael with us as he is traveling the East Coast, but we have a really fun show for you today. We are joined by Nori Love, who is a hypnotist doing past life regression as well as progression, life progression, which... I gotta say, Lisa and I just recently found out about this. So, Nori, welcome to the show. How are you? Ah, thank you so much. I'm well, thank you. How how are you guys doing? We're good. We we've all been experiencing some Mercury retrograde issues <laughs> prior to the yeah. show. Yeah, absolutely. What does that mean? Brian, do you know what Mercury retrograde issues are? <laughs> uh, I I know Mercury's bad for you. <laughs> It's a heavy metal. Yes, it is. <laughs> Brian is our skeptic. I love it. Hi, Brian. <laughs> and pain in the ass. <laughs> PIA. <laughs> on how you look at it. Aww. <laughs> so, Nori, can you uh, tell our audience a little bit about what past life regression is as well as life progression? Absolutely. So... Hypnotherapy is just um, a state of relaxation. It's where we go in and um, soothe the chattery mind, you know, give the um, logical mind, the analytical mind a break and, you know, it can just go rest over there. And people can tap into the subconscious mind where all of the answers that people need, want, or desire reside. So during hypnotherapy, people um, either choose to go back in time in order to uh, achieve their intention for the session. And some people, more people lately have been going into the future to get the same satisfaction for the intention for their session. Like Do you not have control over where they choose to go, or is this something you talk about ahead of time with your clients? Yeah, no, we, we have a discussion. I get to know them. I get to understand what their, you know, what their goal for the session is. And um, then they choose. I, I always feel like everybody is their own best guru, advisor, 
counselor. Um, so I, I always trust them to make that choice. So they make the choice and then I just kind of guide them. You know, I guide them into relaxation and um, I'm, it is, it is to some degree very intuitive. Um, and based on the type of person that they are, will create the scene that I kind of lay out for them. Like if it's a very creative person, you know, I use a lot of creative um, um, sim sim symbols and um, like somebody might be taking a train ride right into the future and then the train goes forward and goes backward and then I'll ask them what direction it's going in just to be sure that they really want to go in that direction. I so can't imagine my <laughs> mind quieting enough to be able to, uh, to do that. Can anyone be hypnotized? Well, you know, there are some people that, that can't, and those are people, um, that, that can't quiet their mind. Um, but if, if you desire to go into hypnosis, um, you can, and it's the same kind of feeling like when you've driven a really long time on a, on a road, you know, on a long, um, highway road and you kind of zoned out and you get to the red light by your house and go, wow, how did I even get here? And you don't remember. Or if you kind of zone out during a movie and you think, hmm, I don't even know what just happened the past hour. So it's that kind of feeling. So there has to be a certain level of desire, you know, a certain level of trust. I did have somebody who was a, like the biggest skeptic ever, but she wanted to um, go into hypnotherapy to to look at some things. So it took, it took about four sessions to just get her comfortable, you know, to where she could just like go with the images in her mind and be able to con communicate with me and not pull herself out of that level of relaxation. Um, you have to be in the same room with the person. Could you hypnotize me right now? I could, if you were hyp hypnotizable. <laughs> Uh, if somebody says to me, I don't think I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I don't think I can go into hypnosis and I'm not open to it. It's a waste of time, you know, for both um, of us. But I, 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 I can get my mind around the idea. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I want her, you know, when you were talking about, you just kind of zone out and you're like, where did the last, you know, mile go? Yeah, I think I've experienced that, but my mind just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and it's always thinking about something else and I just except for you said the same when you watch a movie though you can watch a movie and zone out or sports or something yeah without, I get without thinking sure. yeah. yeah and and that's kind of distracted was a great word um you know that's kind of what we do you know I take I take a lot of time to to get to understand you and you get to know me so that there is a certain level of trust and you, you know, I'm not going to do anything, you know, that, that you'll be uncomfortable with. And mm -hmm. we do, you know, build in that it's going to be comfortable for you. And we intend that it's going to be pleasant and, um, you have to be in a place where you're not distracted and where you can actually, just begin to really focus on the things that that I talk to you about. Maybe um, we could do it on a on a future show because I think 
if one of us is hypnotizable, it would be really interesting to, you know, to put that out there as an educational thing to see what, what happens. I, I'd certainly be willing. I don't, I don't think I've had any creepiness in my past or my future. Who knows? (laughs) Even if you did, we don't judge Brian. (laughs) I mean, I've, I've, I've already had my Akashic records read and, Nothing scary came up. Nothing scary came up. Now, I know a lot of people, like my brother was hypnotized years ago to quit smoking and it worked. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And has smoked since. And so, so are the, what we see on TV or in the movies about hypnosis, is, is it kind of, are those the things that can happen? You can make somebody quack like a chicken or, or something? And... <laughs> So glad you asked that because no, no, that's that's like stage hypnotherapy, oh. and that's really a willingness to just do whatever that person says for the sake of you know joining in the fun or whatever the the payoff is for the individual who does the quacking. Um, it's not it's not like that at all. And even when people have come to hypnotherapy for very sensitive issues, you know, we build in, we intend that it's not going to be scary. And, and some people meet with, you know, like a dark scene, you know, like, no, I can't, I can't really see anything. Um, And I'm able to just like talk them through that. And the subconscious mind is so amazing. And this is part of why I love, love what I do. It, it shows you based on who you are and the way that your mind works, the exact things that make sense to you. Like I could ask you when you're in hypnotherapy, you know, what do you see? And you could say, you know, a chocolate basketball and, and I would you go, okay. So in the chocolate basketball, then I'd ask you more questions and it, it blows me away because at the end of the session, when we come back, the person tells me what a chocolate basketball meant to them. And it addresses. Do remember what was going on afterwards? People do remember. Oh, people nice. do remember. Some people only remember bits and pieces, um, but I do um, record them so they can re-listen to them, you know, especially if it's like habit release for smoking and things like that. But I've had people step into the future. um, And then when they came back from that session, they were no longer a smoker. And that is phenomenal to me. So they went into their future self that was not a smoker to bring that future self to the present moment. Exactly. Oh, that's so interesting. So I and wanted that to. Future is not necessarily like they're not going into a parallel universe. They're going just into what their mind perceives as the future. No, it's another it, it, timeline. It's a different timeline. They're going into the future to that timeline. So I usually. Um scale that conversation to what the person believes. If the person believes that they're just going to go into their subconscious mind, you know, in this body, in this brain, you know, I mean, where is your mind? But I don't go into that with those kind of very logical, you know, left brain people, Um, wherever they believe that they're going, they're going to. But do I think we tap into parallel universes um, yeah, I think that I think that we do collapse some timelines and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, just to go back to when you were mentioning that 
you know, you were describing what hypnosis was like and that, you know, it's like you're driving a car and you're, you get home and you don't know how you missed the last mile or something. And we just had Marina Jacoby on talking about quantum, um, the quantum structure and jumping into different timelines and how, depending on what frequency you're at, you know, that's why when you, you are in a room, you go to another room, you forget why you're even in that room, what you went to go look for. I can I, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is how I'm kind of perceiving it, that when you go into hypnosis, you're going into another frequency that belongs to another timeline. And so wherever you're at, like say with you in your physical body and talking to you, that that frequency no longer matches where the mind is going. And so you don't really remember everything when you come back. Hmm. That, I mean, that makes, that makes really good sense. Um, on, on an energetic level that makes like really good sense, but some people, um, some people go deep, like in the, um, in the induction phase when I am talking to them and when I am giving them, you know, suggestions of, of things that, that they love, you know, a beach scene or being in a hammock or whatever. And some people miss like some of the details of what I've said then, but other than that, people usually remember, um, the big, you know, pivot point that happens so do they bring that frequency back with them and then their frequency is changed? Mm-hmm. Likely, yeah. Okay, okay, time out. <laughs> okay. You, you realize that what you guys are saying. <laughs> no, hang on. Think, think about this logically. Okay. Um, are you saying on, we have it this and, whole time? <laughs> well, but well, but you're, you're, you're talking about, you know, some people choose to go into, into the past and some into the future because – why would you go into the past except maybe to repair something, right? You know, I, I believe people get hypnotized to, you know, maybe their um, past life regression therapy. Right. But if you can travel into the future into a parallel universe, how can you do past life regression therapy because you don't know what past they're going into? So if I can go into an alternate parallel universe in my future, then I could also do that going into the past and I could have a a memory of something that didn't happen. And how can you help me work through my issues if you don't know if I'm going into my correct past? That's a great question, actually. Hell yeah, it is. No, that's a really good question. And, you know, the truth, the truth is, you know, with, this life, you know, this linear life, things that we think we remember, we often don't remember accurately. So questioning whether you go back to the right part of your past um, is a great question. But people people will go where they need to go. Even if it's real or imagined, they will get the therapeutic benefit from it. And I, I assume that... All of those realities must be imprinted in you somehow anyway. So whether you remember it or not, if you could go back to it, then it did somehow happen and is what, in your DNA? I would think that it's like cellular memory or an energetic frequency. And 
no matter what shape it takes in the imagination, in the screen, you know, in the mind, it's it's all energy. And you're right. They are going, you know, they're taking themselves to a place that makes sense to them where they can uncover that that frequency, right, of pain or that frequency of memory when they got shot in the Korean War or whatever, um, and then go go in and shift that frequency. Yeah. And yeah, I think and that... it, may, it may look like a journey to the beach, you know, and I almost got eaten by a shark, but, oh, I talked to the shark and everything's better. Yeah, I mean, it can be as crazy as that. I think this would be a fascinating follow-up to my Akashic Records because when they were read... We learned that I was some sort of, you know, monk. monk or that type of person for many, 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 many lifetimes. And it would be really interesting to, to go through this process. Like and, a past life regression? And, and see if it, see if it matches up. It matches up. That would be amazing. That would be, I would be open to that if you think that, well, we would probably just have to have a conversation to make sure yeah. you're comfortable with it. But that would be amazing. Yeah, well, let's maybe maybe we can do something offline, and if you can hypnotize me offline, then we can try to find a time to do it again on another episode. That I am totally open to that. That would be awesome. Interesting. So, can you can you tell us about some of your um, maybe clients that you've had, and just some examples of how, like, say, past life regression or future life projection or whatever that's called has has helped your clients? Yeah, so the the one that surprised me was the one who uh, stepped into the future and she was actually working on, um, on letting go of some, um, some behaviors that, that blocked her from achieving um, her potential in this life, you know, kind of like lifestyle and livelihood-ish. And smoking, quitting smoking was in the back of her mind. We talked about maybe doing that, but I only like to work on one thing at a time. Um, but she went into the future, met with her future self, you know, had a personal experience with her future self, and everybody will, that will unfold for people as it does. You know, I give them a big space in which things happen. Like uh, you take the train and, you know, you see the years going by and, well, what year do you see that it is? And, you know, some people are like so out there, like in the universe that they don't even have a number for the time, but they still have that meeting with their future self. So she met with her future self in a much more, you know, logical, if you will, um, scenario um, received a gift from that person. And then when she came back, she was able to move forward in her business and in her lifestyle. But she also came back as a non-smoker. So talking about frequency, if she really met with her future self and at that energetic frequency, she shifted her frequency in this dimension, in this um, timeline. So when she came back, she was completely changed. That's wild. I know. It is. It is. And I had another client that had actually come to me to um, try and connect with her birth father 
and we did future life um, progressions for that. And she actually healed a lot of like she in, in her logical mind, she was not one to say, oh, yeah, you know, I've got trauma from being abandoned there. But in the end, that got healed. But she also stepped into a future relationship with um, with with a with a love with a man that actually happened. <laughs> so while she was under like hypnosis, well, she she met him in a future life, but then it really happened. Oh, in this oh no way! Yeah, crazy. I know. I know. Talk well. That's like. Haven't I met you somewhere before? <laughs> you know, like exactly. <laughs> totally it's, takes it to a whole nother level, right? That takes deja vu, just like deja vu, deja vu to Avogadro's number or something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, that's like this is really kind of stretching my mind trying to think of it. And even though, like we were saying just before the show started, how Lisa, you said it really shouldn't matter whether it's going past or forward because. Although we see time as linear, it actually isn't because there is no time in that sense. But how we perceive it all is linear. So it's so interesting. So what do your clients, when they go to see their future selves, what do they, what is like a common thing that they say about themselves? Or is there a common thing? Well, you know, it's it's pretty much unique to each individual. Um, they, you know, some people see themselves um, as their future self, and they'll describe their they'll describe themselves. Um, you know, what they're wearing, what the temperature is, things like like that. You know, how their hair is. Um, so people do see themselves that way you know, like with maybe with silver hair, it depends on how far they go. And then some people, I've worked with a lot of light workers, absolutely bend my brain because they end up going, you know, somewhere into non-linear consciousness. And it at that point, it's very symbolic. You know, it's swirling stars and, you know, certain color lights and they will hear frequencies and, I mean, that, you know, that I'm still even processing when that happens, but it happens. Lisa speaks light language. Does that make her a light worker? <laughs> what? I'm serious. It's so cute. Why do you laugh at me? Because it's cute. <laughs> I don't know. Is she a light worker or a light whisperer? I don't know. <laughs> or a light I'm warrior. Like you speak light language, don't you work with light? What is light, Brian? Lisa tells me it's energy. <laughs> <laughs> We're married. I don't know if we uh, mentioned that to you. I kind of sensed, I kind of picked up on that, and I absolutely love it. I love, I, what, what, a, what a stimulating relationship that must be (laughs) (laughs) love um well brian light is love and love is light so think of it that way so if you're a light worker you're 
a love worker, so you're here to bring more love to the planet. Lisa Love loves love. There you go. <laughs> so I have a question. I'm curious. This might be really silly to ask, but I have to ask. Oh, if it is, we're going to laugh at you like you just did to me. <laughs> Has anyone gone and seen their future self and been disappointed and wanted to change something? <laughs> You know what? That's a great question. That has not happened, but um, I'm pretty much prepared for anything. And... <laughs> Brian's going to be the first one. <laughs> you just got to go through a whole other set of regression because you come back depressed. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, yeah, no, that, that would not be good. No, there's usually, if something like that would happen, I have met with some situations where people brought themselves into places where it, it was a little dark. Like one, one woman was underwater and had seaweed around her. And, and so that was very interesting to get her out of it. But, but I did, and it was very meaningful to her when everything was said and done. So if, if they met with somebody who was, you know, really disappointing, um, <laughs> We would definitely explore that more. I've never had anybody, you know, come out um, any less than feeling like they had a good nap or massage. You know, I mean, like, that's the worst thing that could happen. How interactive is, is the process from, from your point of view insofar as, you know, being able to guide them on, on their journey? Or are you just a bystander? That's it. Well, it's, it's actually a little bit of both. Um, most people that can stay in trance and to some degree, people who meditate a lot, you know, are usually really great candidates for that. Um, it's very interactive. I mean, I've had sessions with people that had such a rich inner life that I actually did very little guiding. Um, but Usually it's interactive. Um, ex once I get the person comfortable and relaxed and into trance, then it's very interactive. It's like, okay, so, you know, where are you? What time of day is it? And, um, what do you, what stands out to you? Um, what, what are the colors of the flowers in the meadow that you're in? And, you know, who do you, what does that person across the stream look like how old are they things like that and then it it the person actually guides me to guide them yeah you take your cues from what they see i do absolutely and have you i don't know you may have answered this when you talked about working with light workers and the tones and all that but have you ever gone beyond earth lives into galactic lives lives Actually, I did. That happened. That happened just, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago, where a person um, who is, you know, here right now for a reason on the planet, she's a light worker, um, actually went galactic and, you know, went to another planet and went into a crystal healing chamber. And, I mean, it was... It was phenomenal. <laughs> it was wow. Just, it was amazing. Amazing. What did, um, did she you, did she describe the healing chamber? Because I know a lot of people talk about that and wonder what they look like or feel like or 
Yeah, she did. She did. And, you know, it was, um, it was crystal. Um, and then it was very detailed though, about the, um, the table that she was laying on and the configuration of the crystal that was above her. It was pretty much shaped, you know, in a rectangle like the table, but then what happened within that rectangle was very dynamic, um, as it worked with her. So, I mean, she met, you know, she met the keeper of the, of the light library. She met the light librarian and I'm just, just phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal experiences. Oh, wow. That's so intriguing. It is. It is. That's, I'm so blessed to do what I do. It's just unbelievable. Have any of your clients spoken of this event, so to speak, the solar event or energetic event that have done some future trips? Yeah, no, no, haven't gotten into that yet, but the, the like things are kind of trending, if you will, with the people that are coming to me and, and the way that the sessions are going. So, you know, I kind of wouldn't be surprised if that happens, um, you know, synchronistically, um, I did hear today and or in the past couple of days um, about timelines and about this particular time. And the theory is that we actually, that we the light workers have actually come back from a point in future in order to heal this part of the timeline so that, you know, annihilation does not happen. And, um, that was very in depth and, um, very out there so that I have not finished processing all of that yet, but it had to do with that. You know, there are parallel universes there are, and for every parallel universe, we have so many connections to it. And, um, are you familiar with any of that? Oh yeah, I am. I Brian? Yes. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm all yeah. <laughs> YouTube. Yeah. I'm totally with you, Nora. Yeah. <laughs> Brian loves to just sit and listen to different YouTube shows. Oh, yeah, that's all I do. <laughs> so, so can you hypnotize yourself? Well, you know, I do hypnotize myself, and actually. It's so interesting because, you know, I've been on the planet a while and when I first started, all right, my, when I was, wait, 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 time out, time, you've been, so, so I've been on the planet a while. Right. I'm, I'm going to answer your question. But you just said, so I've been on the planet a while, which means you're not from the planet or you No, it means, no. Off the planet. No, it means I'm old. <laughs> it means I'm old. Oh, see, that's why I'm glad I I'm glad I asked. I thought yeah, you were yeah. I thought you were referring to you from somewhere else. No, no, no. I'm from here. But but early in my life I got introduced to uh, you know, Dale Carnegie and books started showing up for me and I actually I forgot that I had practiced self-hypnosis when I was younger. And I actually, I don't think I could do it now because I'm not as mm, 
zealous, maybe, I don't know, or disciplined, but I actually had a root canal done with no anesthesia when I was really practicing self-hypnosis. Wow. Wow. I know. I I go wow now, too, because I can't even, you know, fathom doing that again. (laughs) I've had a root canal, and I can't imagine not having anesthesia. I know, I know. But you, if you get yourself to, I mean, what, what is unconscious, you know, I mean, how deep do you have to go into relaxation to become unaware of pain? I mean, and that really, really happens. So I'm, I'm also a nurse. So I do do some hypnosis for people that have headaches or have chronic pain. Like there, there's a classic study where a woman had surgery, and then after the surgery, she had chronic pain. And you know, all of the doctors couldn't find anything wrong with her. So eventually, some psychiatrist, right, because they were like, she's crazy, ended up sending her to a hypnotherapist who took her back to the time of the surgery. And when she was under anesthesia, she heard the doctor say something like, oh my God, she will never be the same when they were working on you know, whatever, taking her gallbladder out. So in her mind, she took that to mean that there was something really wrong with her. And when they went back into um, the operating room and she realized that what the doctor was saying is that she was you know, like amazing, then she had no more pain. That, I know. Yeah. I mean, that just speaks so much to the power of our mind and how it completely shifts our realities or what we're perceiving as our realities and how much and how much the power of suggestion can actually alter that. Exactly. exactly. The power of the subconscious mind. Right. So do you seek out hypnosis for yourself? So if you can't put yourself under, do you seek it out? Yes. If there's something that I can't work on by myself, I absolutely do. I, I have a hypnotherapist that I go to. You know, I, I often work with a coach because I just, I want to keep, you know, I want to keep um, expanding. So absolutely. And I just yeah. want to, I just want to say really quickly to Brian uh, that whose imagination is running wild when you thought that Nori was from off planet? I know, right? Well, come on. Have you listened to any of our episodes? But, uh, no, but I mean, think how quickly the the role reversal just changed there. Like then you you just became the crazy person. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. But really, if- but. but- 95% of our guests, if they said that, they meant they were probably from another planet. Right. Okay. So I'm really from Pleiades and I did a walk in on this body, Nori. No, 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 none of that. You were talking about <laughs> and I was shocked that nobody else on the podcast was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you what? actually, you bring up something really cool. Have you experienced or heard or know of this where someone's been under hypnosis and a walk-in happens? Well, I actually don't know of that. And uh, that's a really good question. Like I actually don't. Or just, just finding out that they were a walk-in? Mm. No, like I mean, 
it happens because of the hypno. Like, you know how they say walk-ins happen? I guess we should. We've never even talked. Have we talked about walk-ins on the show before? We're talking about it now. So, okay. Um, but, like, I mean, like, okay. So, for our audience, um, Nori, do you want to do you want to offer to the audience what walk-ins are? No, you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, what happens is... Um, there are different kinds of walk-ins, but what ha- tends to happen a lot is that um, if a soul has completed their journey in their body and they don't feel it's in necessarily the best interest to end the physical body's life for perhaps it's like the family members who love them or whatever it is, that another soul who doesn't want to go through the birthing process and all of that will come in and then they'll change basically meat suits (laughs) one will come in and one will go out and there are there are walk-ins which are called braided walk-ins where two can inhabit at the same time um and it's not necessarily like what they people would call multiple personality disorder but um they kind of like switch in and out but the personalities are i believe working together not against one another And so um, when this walk-ins tend to happen when there's some sort of traumatic event, um, whether maybe it's an accident or a surgery or something like that. And so I'm just wondering if hypnosis could be one of those events where (sighs) that might happen. I don't know. Just came into my mind. Now, there's a certain there's a certain degree of, you know, grounded physicality that's that's still that happens with every session. And even though the person is journeying in their subconscious mind or on a parallel universe, they're still very much in control. So, you know, they, they would have to be open to something like that happening. And, uh, you know, as a nurse, I've done a lot of work with hospice. So, I mean, I would love to work with people who, who would be open to that, but it can only happen if they want it to. Yeah. It's, it's not like somebody can come in and steal your soul or, you know, anything like that. And that's part of the um, the myth that I try to dispel. Yeah, no, it's a choice that was made as a contract before you, the person mm-hmm. who is incarnated ever incarnated. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, though. Really interesting. I never even thought of that. Because that, that would be interesting. You have one client in one moment and then it's a new client. When they yeah. will return. <laughs> then how you break this to your husband? But <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be funny. Um. Wow. So, what has been some of the more uh, newer healings that you've witnessed taking place that weren't happening before? Has anything like that come up? Yes. A lot of a lot of healing um, a lot of healing for people who had things left undone um, when a person had transcended, uh, you know, a lot of people who you know didn't get to say goodbye to people um, and had pain that would, you know, express in their life or express in their body. Um, so I, 
I had a lot of that in me uh, earlier in the year, actually. It's interesting how things go in trends. Um, and then physical healing. There's been um, the, um, the ceasing of um, tremors that's happened. Um, of course, weight loss is a great healing that happens for people. Um, you know, they, and this is a beautiful one for future self too. You know, if you can step into your future self and experience yourself, I don't know, a year from now in, in the body shape that you desire. And if you shift to that frequency and then come back to this life, you, you, behave like that person and then your body takes that shape on so that kind of healing is some of my favorite to work with um healing of you know aches and pains like shoulder pain from a surgery um what else ask me another question well i wanted to just say like as far as the weight loss you read i've read or heard a lot about that when it comes to just manifesting that you have to believe and emotionally feel like you're already there in order to get there. So if you want to be, you know, 50 pounds lighter and wear certain types of clothes and, and you have to feel like you're already there. Right. Right. And yeah, like some of us are riddled with parasites and worms. Excuse me. <laughs> Sometimes leaving is not enough. Yes, because if you believe that, then somehow those things are going to work themselves out. Yeah, no matter have, what it is. No matter what it is, you don't have to put any restrictions or a how on how it's going to happen, but those things will just work themselves out. Right. And sometimes, so in a very logical way, um, if... Our, if, if our chattery mind, you know, our logical mind, our mind that has the limitations, like, um, is let's, let's call that the attic. And then on the main floor of the house is the ego. And then in the subconscious mind is the subconscious. And in the sub, and then like above the, above the attic, right? So from a celestial being is the person's higher mind. So during hypnosis, if a person has an embedded picture of themselves as being, you know, fat and I can't lose weight, or, you know, when, when that person on the playground said, oh my God, you know, you're so fat, you know, if that got lodged in there with an energetic charge. Let's just say that little picture is living in the subconscious mind. So hypnosis, you know, quiets everybody in the attic, quiets everybody on the main floor, and then the higher mind can come in and say, Do, does this really make sense? Like this happened back on the playground when you were in grammar school, and then the, uh, the higher part of the mind goes, mm, no, and the subconscious part of the mind says okay let's get rid of that and then this is exactly like manifesting then the person can actually see feel and you know and live as if they are really that body shape it's very i mean having been once over really really overweight it it took years for me to get to a place where i could really feel 
like I, I want I wanted to be. Um, this kind of ex- expedites the process. That really speaks to the idea of in order to see it, you need to believe it. And it adds a lot of weight to that saying. Absolutely. Uh, and, and we were talking about that in our last episode, how, um, you know, if you want to create a different reality for yourself, you really have to shift into the feeling of what it feels like when you're already there and believing that you are already there so that you can create it and bring yourself into that timeline. Absolutely. But ha- I mean, that's hard for people. Yeah, and that's where things like vision boards help and having practices that like, okay, every time I go through a threshold, I'm going to try and feel, you know, the way that I want to be. I mean, it's, it's a pretty big practice for some people to get to that feeling place, depending upon, you, you know, what happened um, or, or how painful being overweight is for them. So Brian did a weight loss experiment a few months ago. And he energetically melted five pounds off his body overnight. But he has since been able to recreate it. But I don't really try it anymore. But I I, I did for several days afterwards and it it didn't happen. It it defies logic and explanation. How did you do that? I just, when I was lying in bed, I just imagined it. And I weigh myself almost every day, and we have this smart scale that tracks it. Um, you know, shows you how much you know. Are you going up or down? And didn't do anything differently. The days were normal. That can you know were connected. And I I lie awake in bed that one night, and I just imagined my energy like melting the fat away. And when I got up the next day, I weighed myself, it was five pounds. And, and I don't, that's that's outside of a normal, you know, weight swing for me. So it was, it was strange. It worked. So your, your, your imagination is really powerful. So I, I would love to do hypnosis with you. Wow. He has a very, very good imagination. <laughs> No, and I think he could really tap into it more yeah. so than he is now. I think he's starting to more, but just understanding the manifesting side of the imagination. Well, also, he's learning how to connect with his body right now. And perhaps like when he was doing that, he was a lot more in tune without him actually being aware of it that you was actually kind of feeling the energy, like the fat burning off. So more in the feeling than actual like imagination. So that may have been one of your missing components where you may have been thinking it, imagining it, but you didn't have that feeling that you had the first time. But that's like the strongest part is the feeling. That is the strongest part. Yes, absolutely. If you can, if you can really, really feel it, I mean, this is how people have spontaneous remissions. Yeah, that's that. Apparently, that's my weakest link because when we were at the 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 naturopath the other day, and she was doing kinesiology energy work or whatever, she she said the same thing. I need to feel my body. But she also said that you are coming into that, that she feels like that's something that's starting to happen. You know, I, this podcast should turn into like, it's like follow Brian's journey. 
exactly. But you know, if not being able to feel things in the body, you know, some people can overfeel and some people don't feel at all. And and it's not really. I don't think that it's more prevalent in men than women. Um, on the deeper layers. Um, but I'm so, I'm so intrigued with Brian now. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, the club. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you in some past lives, you know? Yeah. Do you, do you like science fiction or anything like that? Or sure. Yeah. You do. Okay. Yeah. Star Wars, Star Trek. But he oh, yeah. always makes sure that you understand that it is fiction. Yeah, exactly. Why do you think we call it science fiction? Because it is fiction. If it was real science, we would just call it science. You see what we have to deal with? Oh, my goodness. It's... This is just the English language. I'm sorry. It's, not, it's nothing more than a, the two words together complimentary and you take one away and it has a different meaning. And well, what would you call corrupted science? Corrupted science. Well, I, I know, but how do you know which I is feel which? Like you, I feel like you want me to give you a certain answer. What would I call corrupted science? I don't know. Wrong. I don't know. Sugar. <laughs> but if you think about it, you so the, the reason it, why is because you believe in science so much. But there, there is science that is being manipulated for certain narratives that other um, entities want uh, or organizations want to um, have supported with science. Like sugar. That's why he said sugar. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. But, but, see, I'm more on the other side of that spectrum where – there's a scientific process. So when I, a lot of times when I think about science, I'm thinking about a scientific process and I think it does hold merit. Yes, you're absolutely right. If, if there's an ulterior motive or somebody's funding it to, to get a certain answer, which happens. Yeah. You, that's dirty science. But you know, some of the things that you, you've talked about and I've done research on, and let's say, oh, chemtrails as an example. Um, when you look at the science behind some people that said, oh, I found such and such amount of, you know, a certain chemical or mineral or whatever where it shouldn't be, but they didn't follow a scientific method to get that result, I also call that dirty science. How do you because know? How do you know if they they're, have they're, or haven't? They're polluting their results by not following, um, you know, there was this website that I read that the person walked through, this is how you collect a sample. And then a, a scientist reviewed that and said, well, that is not how you collect a sample. So anyway, I just think it's, it's it, it does, the knife does cut both ways. No, okay. I, I totally get what you're saying. It's interesting that you say that because Michael and I had this conversation and um, not to bring Michael up when he can't defend himself, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um is that he realized when he was comparing the data that doesn't support chemtrails and the data that does support chemtrails, that he realized it brought him back to the episode where we talked about carbon dioxide and how right. you have data that supports carbon dioxide is a, a necessary and good thing for our environment. 
and then you have the data that says carbon dioxide is the evil of all of our planet. Right. And right. so well, that's manipulation of numbers and looking at it. You know, you can. But I'm just talking about just straight collection. Yeah, I know. You but know? who? How do if you know? If you're doing it in a, in a scientific way, then you just have to discount those those but numbers. How do you know which is the true scientific way? I don't necessarily know how to how to answer that other than what we learn in science class or what you would learn going to a university and studying, you know. Yeah, but there's only so much that you get taught in university versus what is actually done out in the science field by top scientists. Right, but but it usually comes down to cross contamination. Um, and uh, for, for instance, I used this this article that I read about this one guy saying, well, this is how, you know, it was just a, a regular guy. He was probably had his own YouTube channel, you know, and he was just blogging about how do you do this. And he's like, you just take your cup and you stick it down in the mud and there you go. And then you, you know, you analyze the results. And the scientist said, well, if you do that, you're going to get a concentrate. You're going to get a, a higher normal result because it's concentrated. You want to make sure you don't get sediment and that you're just looking at the water from a certain part of the water column. So there are very specific parameters that you want to do, not just stick a cup in the water and scoop up some mud because, of course, that is going to be higher because things settle. Sure. I, I absolutely agree with you. I'm so just... when, when you're looking at a website and it's saying all these things and here's all the proof to support this one claim, but, but all the science was you have a lot of scientists, though. You, you have gotta a, throw that out, and you, you can't just blindly believe it just because you want to believe it. No, but that's not what's happening. You're see, this is the thing: is like you're just you just compared someone who's got a YouTube channel and collecting like dirt for a sample versus scientists who are collecting sam samples like on mountaintops of that contain aluminum or are uh, taking rainwater and there's aluminum and barium in right. there. And so there, it's a very different analysis. I just want to make that clear. Can we use hypnosis to somehow <laughs> solve this issue? To make uh, me stop saying YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Can we use hypnosis to find out why the word conspiracy is such a trigger I don't for Brian? Say that. I don't say that word that much. <laughs> I say you get all tied up in a knot. <laughs> Well, you know, when conspiracies get proven, they're no longer conspiracies, right? Right. But that word is interesting. That word is interesting, yeah. And it, it, How do you prove it? Skeptic always wants things proven. He has to see it before he can believe it. He That's wants right. something that can be written on paper or you have to see a picture of it. I told you why that is. It's where mm -hmm. I'm. I'm from the state of Missouri, and the motto for the state of Missouri is the show me state. Okay, let me ask Nori this. Nori, do yeah. you believe that um, part of the problem with conspiracy theories and people wrapping their heads around it is due to cognitive dissonance? People being unable to wrap their head around it? Yeah, like when they hear like an idea that someone's going to claim it's a conspiracy theory and it just seems so out there and so outlandish. There's no way that that could actually be happening. Um, is that partly due to the cognitive dissonance that people experience when that happens? Well, it, it could be that. And, you know, everybody's reality is different. And if, if 
the way that we see life is our consciousness projecting itself, you know, then is it really cognitive dissonance or is it just, you know, different projections? Do you know what I mean? No, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, is it really like static because those two things don't compute or, you know, is it just really where the person is? And if they were under hypnosis, would it feel different? That's, that would be interesting. Yeah, that is actually very interesting. Are you saying I am cognitively dissonant? (laughs) I'm I'm saying that. (laughs) I I was directing it towards the host. Okay. All I the think time. you know when you're ready to see things in a new light, then you're ready. And until you're ready to see things in a new light, those experiences aren't going to present themselves to you. But I don't think I, I'm dissonant. I mean, the word means inconsistent. So that would mean my thoughts are inconsistent. And I think very consistent with my thoughts. Kind of, it, to me, it kind of like it reminds me of static, you know, like when when I first experienced that person going to, you know, another galaxy, um, I had a lot of static in between what I believed and, you know, everything that's happened in my life up until this point. And I had to really stretch beyond that static to you know, really begin to process what happened for her. Um, but. I have opened to the belief that pretty much anything is possible. And I think, you know, that helps decrease the static for me, at least personally. Yeah. Yeah. Like that idea of the infinite possibilities. Exactly. Yeah. And what if everything that we've learned up until now was wrong? And that could be it too, right? You know, I I mean, for me, I I mean, I made that point the other day. (laughs) Did I not? That Lisa and I said, was wrong. I was open to the idea that I'm wrong, but I don't think you guys are open to the idea that you're wrong. No, but yeah, okay, we had this conversation and you, and I thought I made myself clear. Well, you were drunk. <laughs> I don't know if you know you made yourself clear. I remember clearly making my point. Okay. That was before she lost her memory. <laughs> <laughs> Get it back in hypnosis. Don't worry. <laughs> it was funny. Easter. We had a great day. Yeah. Oh, a lot of mimosas and Bloody Marys. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, Brian was trying was trying to understand. He thinks that we don't see it both ways. We only see it our way, where he is open to both ways. Correct. And I believe, I believe I explained that... Um, <laughs> That it's not that we're not open to it. It's that we've just had so many experiences that prove it to us that it 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 feels very real for where we're at right now. However, I also am very aware that that could change at any given moment. So that's being open to it. Yeah. I mean, I feel, I think you have to feel certain in your beliefs or they wouldn't be your beliefs right now. True. So I think anyone who believes anything is to that point where, okay, I'm open to other stuff, but that I don't believe it necessarily right now. I believe this, not to say that couldn't change. I think, you know, Nicole and I are that way as much as you are, but we're just 
maybe open to more ideas. Well, not are, only that, but we're talking about ideas. We're talking about ideas that we really believe in. If we were to start talking about ideas that maybe Lisa and I didn't believe in, that you really full, like, heartedly believed in, it would be a completely different script. Right. So just based on what the context of what we're talking about, in that it's what Lisa and I heavily believe in and you don't, then it's going to sway that way. I have to say, I'm really surprised that you remember that conversation. <laughs> what is the inference there? No. And, you know, she the- really, really <laughs> <laughs> The thing about beliefs, though, I mean, beliefs are thoughts that we just keep practicing, right? Beliefs are thoughts that we just keep thinking. And that's one of the things about hypnotherapy that I love is that people are open to looking at if their beliefs are outdated or people will often come because they're like, okay, I get it. You know, there's something in me believing that I need to stay fat or there's something in me that believes that I need to stay sick. And, you know, they're willing to explore that maybe that belief isn't really real for them anymore. And that's where things really, really shift, you know, and I've seen it not only in hypnotherapy, but I've seen it, you know, as a, as an an ICU nurse, you know, when people really did have spontaneous remissions or, you know, lived when they had a 99.9% mortality rate. And it, it has to do really with what they believe. Yeah. Yeah. The power of belief is, is huge well, yeah and if we want to create our own world then we have to go into that state of belief that it already exists so that makes sense absolutely we're constantly mm-hmm. trying to create what it is that we want to have in this world so we have to always move into that belief that supports it right right and that's where the wheels fall off the cart for me <laughs> wow. well just think about like someone who grew, grew up in a, in a impoverished type situation you know, and generation after generation, no one's ever had any money. They've always struggled. They believe that about themselves, that they're not able to. But then how do they get out of poverty? They work hard? They change their belief. They believe that, no, I can do this. Just because so you don't when... have to get a job or anything. You just have to believe it. No, they have to get a job. And okay, well, then the action. job is what got them out of poverty, not the belief. But no, they... but... No, no, I, I get what you're saying because they could, okay, so, so let's say that they have the belief that the family, that the ancestral belief is that, you know, we're all going to be on welfare. So it, it's really easier to just kind of go along with the flow of, yeah, okay, I believe we're all going to be on welfare. But to be on welfare and to um, feel like you're, you know, like smothering un- under the weight of that belief and then you go, wait, do I really, really believe this? You know, it's it's that little tiny micro shift in the belief that will make them go, okay, what other possibility is there? And then, sure, maybe a job will show up for them. Maybe the lottery would show up for them. Who knows what it is? But it's that tiny little shift that gets them out of the mud of the, you know, the, the, um, the belief that does not serve them, that they're supposed to just be on welfare. Yeah, I think what happens too is you don't realize it, like you're self-sabotaging yourself. So maybe you, you do, you try, they're trying to get a job, but they never seem to get the job or they get the job and then they 
lose it. Keep showing up late and they lose the job or their child gets sick and they can't come to work and they lose the job. Because of this underlying belief, this self-sabotaging starts to happen. Where once you completely eradicate that belief and you're like, no, I can make this happen, then things can start to shift for you. And only your own actions can make this happen. Exactly. And you have to put action. But the The belief. Actions are what gets you out, not the belief. But you have to also have the belief. But the actions also get you into the situation too, whether it's self-sabotaging yourself or whatever. It's still an action. But yeah. it's like you, actions can come from your subconscious mind, not your conscious mind. And also, so you can be, what? No, I was just going to say it also ties into your self-worth. If you don't believe you're worth it, then you'll never move into that place that has the value of a job that could offer you more. Or you'll never take those actions. Like some people may never try to actually do these things because they don't believe that they can. Right. Or they could be on autopilot, right? Just like habitually following, you know, what came before them. Uh, Yes. Yes. So that, you know, going out and getting a job at the convenience store would be an action, but you know, being able to really thrive in it and take on the everything that it means to step into that new scenario is is not just behavior. I I, I agree. Believe you can't just have it. And when you guys talk about it, you just say all you have to do is believe, just manifest it. And you can't. It can't exist in a vacuum. You have to believe it, and you have to work hard. You you can't just sit around and say. Okay, so that okay, I understand. I understand where you're you're breaking down with this. None of us are saying. None of us are saying that just because you believe it, it'll show up. You absolutely have to follow it up with action in this physical now. First time you guys have said that, and I and that's why I always disagree with you guys saying just manifest it, just believe. I disagree because you guys, that's what you say is all you got to do is believe. I don't think you can just believe and something great is gonna happen. No, I I think combination of things though because like for instance like say you want to you know manifest an apple okay and you believe and you're visualizing an apple you're feeling what it feels like you can taste this apple I believe that an apple can show up in your life without you actually having to get in the car drive to the grocery store and buy one no, I, I know. Okay, but that's that's different, ways. though. You're 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 taking it to a completely literal sense in that that's the only way that it can happen. But you have to. And Marina said this in our last episode. You do, you're, the quantum manifestation doesn't happen just because you believe it. You absolutely have to start taking the actions through your deeds in order for it to manifest itself. It's all part of the belief, the feeling, and the doing. So if you're just believing, yeah, if you're just believing, you're just only incorporating that feminine aspect energy. You have to incorporate the masculine as well, which is our doing. And so it's for like all these people who believe in the law of attraction, which Nori is a complete expert in, you know, that you, you, you're taught that there some people believe like, oh, if I just sit and meditate and I think about it, it's just going to appear in my living room one day or the the job's just going to show up. No, you actually have to kind of do some things to to support that so it's like a support being an allow you have to you have to be allowing and and you have to be open to all of the possibilities 
in which the apple may come. And the best way to be is to not even expect what way the apple will come. So you might go, um, oh, wow, it's Easter and we need to get more alcohol. And yeah, that feels like the right thing to do. And you walk to the liquor store and then you're like, wait, look in this window. And you happen to look in this window and this person shows up and it turns out that they know somebody that you know, and they just happen to have a bag of apples and they offer you an apple. So it's like the circumstances line up so that the apple will come to you, but you have to be willing to walk to the liquor store, you know, or wherever you have that nudge. It's kind of like following your intuition or, you know, being willing to take that action. Yeah, like if you, I was listening to actually one of Marina's videos and she talked about a lady said like she wanted a car and, you know, she was trying to manifest a car. It didn't mean she thinks that a car is gonna show up in her driveway when she wakes up one day, but, well, you Nicole know, just gave that example, and a car did just show up. I mean, it is kind of... Sort of in a way, but that is something that could happen. You never know. There could... You have to, like, leave all the possibilities open. Like, maybe somebody wanted to give away a car, and they are close to you, and they're moving. And they're like, I just... And I know you need one, and I'm going to give it to you. But you still have to take action. You have to maybe you know, look through the internet and look for cars and see, maybe see if you could get one on a payment plan that you could afford or without a loan or, you know, you have to keep trying, but you have to believe first, I know I can get this car. I'm going to keep trying and keep searching. I don't have $20,000 in the bank to buy it, but I'm going to keep trying ways to manifest a car. And that's, if you keep taking action, eventually something, it's going to be able to show up in your life. From my point of view, and my point in this is if you just did that part, if you just did the action, you're going to get it. So you don't need the belief part. You have to believe. If you don't believe that I'm never going to get a job, there's no way I'll well, ever but that's, get a that's job. That's belief. I'm not seeing that's a belief going the other way. I'm just saying if all you do is go out and do the work and you don't have a belief either way, then you're going to succeed or you're going to get the car but you're not believe because you just said, oh, I'm going to believe that I'm never going to get a car. Well, that's a belief. I'm saying if you take belief completely out of it and you just do the action, it's going to happen. I don't see how you could take an action without a belief. Well, what about this? What if we told you, Brian, that the belief expedites the possibility of it coming in? That's interesting. I mean, I think if somebody didn't believe they could, you know, ever get a job or ever go to college, they really wouldn't take the actions towards it because they didn't believe it was ever going to happen. But, that, but that's my point. I'm saying you can't, you can't, when I say you don't believe in it, I'm, you, you're changing when I say you don't believe in it from, I believe in it to a believing in it the other way. You can't, you can't swing the pendulum the other way. You just have to take belief out of it. There's no belief. There's no belief for, for getting it and there's no belief against getting it. There's, there's nothing yeah, in your just, mind. You're he's just talking about drop. You're dro talking about dropping expectations, which is what Nori um, said. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nori's very quiet right now. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm loving this conversation. I'm really listening. Uh, so you could how the question is how do you want it? So you could if you you and you said something to the effect of. I don't know if you said like you, the way I interpret it was that you're neutral and you were just going to go out and get a job. So 
if that's if that's an action that's in alignment with what feels good to you and it puts you in the good feeling places where energy lines up then yeah you could like wrench it in and discipline yourself and go get a job and maybe that would stimulate a new level of understanding that wow i can not only do this but Maybe I could go to college and then then if you stay in that good feeling place, that feeling of um, that things are coming to you, then somebody might come into where you work and they happen to be, you know, the professor at the community college and, and then things line up. But I think it's like semantics. Is it is it that you understand that you can go forward or you believe that you can go forward? So I don't know. I think I think that there is no action without some thought process behind it that um that resonates with the deeper parts of us and you know I would call that belief. I agree. Yeah. I think it's at some point it becomes semantics, but and then we also have the subconscious mind that yes. can interfere. <laughs> that's true. So if you believe that you're from the show me state and that's the only way that you're going to believe things, well then that's what you're going to have to believe for right now. Yeah. <laughs> Unless I change my perception and stop saying I'm from Missouri and then I'm not from Missouri anymore. Well, I don't think being change. from Missouri is the belief, right? <laughs> you can just change. I'm choosing not to believe that. Like, I do that when it comes to certain things. Like, I'm just, that's not part of my reality. I'm not believing that that it has to, you know, in order for me to get something or whatever, that I have to go through the monetary system or that it has to come from a money or maybe it can come, I open it up to possibilities. Maybe it could be a gift or a donation or a prize or, or ways uh, that we can't even think of yet. Infinite number of ways. I don't even want to put any limitations on how I just want to say, I believe that this is can happen. And then I'll take the actions that feel right for me towards getting them to sit around and meditate on it and never do anything. But as ideas come to me, I'll try new things. And then eventually It'll happen, but it's just, I think we limit ourselves by saying it can only come this way. We do. And that's where manifestation really falls, you know, flat. Yeah. And I think that's, it's all about empowerment and we dis and we're constantly disempowering ourselves through many subconscious beliefs that we have. I agree. I agree. And some, you know, some people discover those that they didn't really even know what it was. And and that's the beauty of hypnotherapy. They can go in and we could do a really, you know, benign kind of, okay, let's, you know, have your subconscious mind show you what it looks like to have a beautiful day. And then when they end up, you know, at the beach or in a meadow and they, they meet somebody or something happens, um, they find that there was a limiting belief, you know, down deep in there that happened when they were, you know, three or happened when they got divorced and didn't know that that got, you know, in, imprinted, you know, deeply in their mind. And when they're able to identify it and then choose to let it go, um, then 
things change, you know, in their waking life drastically. Yeah. I think it's fascinating. I would love to, I would love to be hypnotized by you and just discover some limiting beliefs of my own that I may not be aware of. And what about um, our audience, Nori? If anyone in our audience has been listening and wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way to reach you? Um, they can reach me. Um, they can email me at uh, coachingbynori at gmail.com. Um, my website, Everything Conscious, is down right now because we're um, we're revamping everything um but they'll be or they could email me at everythingconscious at gmail.com and you know i'm on facebook at hypnotherapy with love um those those are probably the best ways to reach me and the way that it works is a person will contact me and i'll send my scheduling link so they can pick the perfect day and time to have a conversation and we get to know each other we see if we're a good match for each other and then we'll set up a day and time where they'll be uninterrupted and cats and dogs love the energy of hypnotherapy so they need to be not in the room and mm-hmm. um, it's usually on uh, zoom video conferencing or skype so that i can at least observe the upper body because that helps me gauge the level of relaxation and then we just you know we just kind of journey and uh some people go for an hour, some people go for an hour and a half, but an hour and a half is, it's a lot. It's, I would say that that's not the, uh, that's the exception to the rule, but it's about an hour. Okay. Some people can do it in 40 minutes. It's just, just depends on their degree of readiness. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much for joining the show today. It was a fun conversation. I so enjoyed being with all of you. Thank you so much. And I look forward to talking with you again. Yeah. I'm sure Brian is going to be in touch. (laughs) See if we can rest his mind into a hypnotized state. Oh, that would be fun. Absolutely. He's a powerful creator. You're a powerful creator, Brian. Indeed, I am. (laughs) (laughs) You are. Modest as well. Brian's very modest as well. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't realize how powerful he is. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Nori, for being on the show. And to all our listeners, I will make sure that all that information is in the show notes so that you can access it really easily if you'd like to get in contact with Nori for a hypnotherapy session for either past life regression or um, a future life progression. So, very interesting stuff. I know that's the first time I've heard of it. So, great. And to uh, all our audience members, if uh, you have any questions or show topics you'd like to discuss, you can email them into us at info at enlightenup.us. So thanks, everyone. And uh, uh, we'll all be chatting soon. Love you all. Love you guys. Bye.